Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. We are close to football, like really, really close. Like it happens next Saturday on the 24th. Like right now, as I record this, we're six days away. You might be listening to this five days away, four days away. I don't know. This football season, be close. If you drink, do not drive. Do not get behind the wheel. But if you do or someone you know does and finds themselves in an unfortunate situation, keep one name in mind, Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Before you say guilty, say Garza. His team will do their best to get you the best possible result. Possible. I said possible way too many times. But I just want you to know it's possible. Before you say guilty, say Garza, GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. They'll answer calls 24-7, 365. All right, let's get to the episode. He's back from over a year-long radio hiatus. Point one, it's time for Hugh Freeze to break out the African prayer candles. We know how much you've missed him, Tennessee. Point two, I couldn't name four Kenny Chesney songs I've liked since the good stuff. Hell no, you can't get back in the fan base. So he's bringing you an all-new podcast coming straight from the heart of Knoxville. Point three, anyone with half a damn brain saw this coming back in 2013. So you can shut the hell up. He's the hardest working man in America that doesn't drink beer. He's looking for a woman with a good insurance policy, and you can always find him on the second floor somewhere getting shoulder rubs. His name is John Reed, and this is Reed's Ranch. Point four, Florida, you can go to hell. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, Sunday, August 18th, getting close to football. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Good to talk to you. How was your week? It was good. It was good. Anything cool happened? Um, Tennessee football got a big commitment, so that was nice. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. It was nice to see Pruitt pull it out and go pwn Auburn and LSU. Talking about BJ Ojolari, and that's obviously uh, a cool name. I'm happy to have BJ Ojolari, um, but also that is a position of need, right? I mean, Tennessee needs elite pass rushers, and this guy you know, top 150-ish player had offers from everywhere. Yeah. The kind of player we need to get, the kind of player we haven't gotten in a long time. Like, just in general, I mean, yeah, we've gotten some five stars that have been awesome every now and then, but just as a whole, like, you need a class full of that kind of talent. Um, and then, you know, you really had to go up. And it wasn't an in-state guy. It was an out-of-state guy that you went up against the best programs – you know, and you went and got him. Might as well be. Might as well be in-state at this point, though. At this point, shout out to VFL Derek Tinsley. Shout out to Harrison Bailey. Because, yeah, I know, but, like, if Derek Tinsley wasn't at Marietta High School, I mean, like, what BJ said about him, he's like, Derek Tinsley was recruiting me harder than anybody. Um... Like, he's really done us a solid the last two classes, starting with the wide receiver. And it's, you know, we got Bailey and Ojolari, and now they have a five-star that we might get, too. Talking about Arik Gilbert. Yes. Big five-star tight end that we are recruiting to play wide receiver. Yes. Which is also apparently helping us with him. Yes. His comments after Ojolari's commitment makes it sound like he's coming to Tennessee, too. They sounded extremely positive. He was basically like, yeah, I love those guys. I want to play I want to play with them. They're all going yeah. there. And, that you know, talking about Ramel Keaton, uh, he was from the same high school last year. So, yeah. that'd be four of his boys, or I guess three of his boys plus him. Yeah, and supposedly um, Simonton said that Ojolari and Gilbert are a lot closer than um, Bailey is to the other two. So I think Bailey was boys with Keaton, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw uh, Gilbert's comment said that he was real close with BJ. Yeah, because I, I was pretty sure that Harrison and Keaton were boys, were, were pretty close, which makes sense. One's a wide receiver, the other's a quarterback. So, um, yeah, it sounds good with Eric Gilbert. We're going to get Mordecai McDaniel over Florida this week. Um, one of the fastest players in the nation. Mordecai's a cool name, too. 
Mordecai's a cool name. He's going to run track at UT. And Shout out I to think... Tennessee's track team. It's back to the point where people are like, hey, you know what? Let's go run track for Tennessee. That's cool because like five years ago, that wasn't the case, right? That, I mean, isn't that kind of why we missed out on it? Yes. Like, is, it's yes. one of the reasons we missed out on a Dory Jackson was like our track team wasn't shit at the yes. time. It's kept, us, it's kept us from getting people. And like Mordecai McDaniel would go to Florida if Tennessee's track team wasn't good. And we're going to get one of the fastest players in the nation instead. And then, um, so that's awesome. He's teammates with five-star wide receiver Rakeem Jarrett. That would also be awesome. That would be cool. Uh, hopefully we get the, the the defensive lineman from Dixon County, whose last name I don't know how to pronounce, and I don't want to butcher it. Um, he's a four-star on Rivals. He commits this week to um, Trayvon Ribka, Ribka, whatever, how you say, you say it. But, you know, yeah. So I'm really excited about the Mordecai McDaniel guy. I think he is awesome. And I don't think they're even going to really fool with the safety that decommitted anymore once they get McDaniel. So is McDaniel, McDaniel's a, a defensive back? Yeah, he's a safety. For some reason, I thought he was a wide receiver. No, he's a safety. Um, I only heard about that guy for the first time, like, on Thursday or Friday. Well, because, like, for forever, up until about a month ago, it was just assumed that he was going to Penn State no matter what. And then it's kind of come out that, you know, Tennessee has a, a puncher's chance, and he's got a pretty good chance. And now lately, for the last week, it's just been like, yeah, he's going to go play in the SEC no matter what. Like, he doesn't want to play anywhere but the SEC. So he's going to Tennessee or Florida. Someone must have sent in the screenshots about Penn State. Someone must have uh, linked him to some articles. Somebody, you know, somebody heeded our advice and told Mordecai about Jerry Sandusky. Yeah, right now I pull up his uh, 247 profile, and there's six crystal balls, and they're all to Tennessee right now. Yeah, and they were all to Penn State, like, as of this time last week. So they've totally flipped. You know, it's kind of gotten out that he's coming to UT. And uh, I guess he kind of feels to me like Roman Harrison was last year. Like, Roman Harrison was a guy that wasn't highly rated. And then we got him when he was not highly rated. And then he ended up being, like, pretty highly rated. And now, like, Roman Harrison is playing, doing pretty well in fall camp and is going to play a ton this year that's that Mordecai McDaniel recruitment kind of reminds me of him so that's cool recruiting's going going well that's always cool yeah he's he's really picked it up like uh seemed kind of slow there for a couple months but now it does seem like it's about to explode shout out to Marietta Georgia shout out to Marietta Georgia and then I guess we might get that top 100 player out of Athens Georgia Lineth is it Lineth or Lineth 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 I don't know it has the apostrophe so I was thinking it, no I was thinking it was just Lin, like Lineth, but I guess maybe it's Lineth. It probably it's, is. It's, it's, it's probably, it's probably the, Lineth. You're probably right, Lin, Lineth. The apostrophe threw me off. Yeah, so it would be cool to get um a top 100 player from Athens, Georgia, too. I mean, I think we would all agree that would be cool. And then, of course, our first game's in 13 days. Yeah, it's, uh, it was smart timing to get like the recruiting train rolling right before the season. Shout out to Moose, obviously. Love Moose. I mean... The dude just the dude is a magician. Even if Tennessee's coaching staff doesn't want to give me credit for coming up with the name Moose. Either way, either way. Like Pruitt went out there and he hired a staff of like hardcore SEC guys who've been in the profession for years and all have great pedigrees. And his best recruiter is this dude from that's never been an on field coach in Division One. And he's going out there and just getting everyone, getting crouch. To To Moose and BJ Ojolari. Shout out Moose. to Moose. Moose. That last one was good. That's how it, Moose. It sounded just like that a one Moose. Moose. I don't need I don't need the coaches to give me credit. It's cool. Whatever. I'm just glad the name stuck. That's cool. Same as the JYD is cool. We don't need credit. No big deal. But if you want to give us credit, go to patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. So it's nice for the recruiting to kick up right before the first game. Where are you at on the team right now? The practice reports haven't been great. Uh, they've been kind of saying the same thing, right? Uh, To'o To'o uh, going to start as a true freshman at linebacker, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, it sounds like um, he's going to be awesome. 
which I don't remember going into. Like, we obviously at this point we know that Bryce Thompson is like a baller, but like I don't feel like we knew that at this point last year. Like we all like it feels like now like we know that that um that Toe Toe is going to be awesome. Have there been any uh, nicknames for him passed out yet? Uh, I saw. Yeah, Levi had some good ones. Okay, well, give me some of them. I saw. I saw our, I saw patron Mason Taylor keeps calling him the Hawaiian hit stick. That's kind of cool. Yeah, the Hawaiian hit stick. That was a good one. That was a good one. I like that one. Any other ones? We got any other ones? Uh, that was the only. That was the one that's pinned in the chat. Okay. I can't remember. Okay, so that that's the one we're adopting. Uh, my submission, I guess, would be um, Manti Teo, who can get pussy. Let's call him that. <laughs> I guess we need to wait that to see. That certainly works too. I guess we need to wait to see what happens, you know, if he if he can find him a woman here or something, but I mean uh, that's just an early early submission for me. I need to see what he can do on and off the field. That really rolls off the tongue too. Yeah, I mean it flows. Just like any good nickname. It do, it does it, it does really flow. Shout out to Andrew Julian for coming up with the Hawaiian hit stick. We love Andrew. He's going to be awesome. It sounds like uh of the other freshmen, Warren Burrell, Roman Harrison, and Crouch are all going to be good, too. And Eric Gray. A lot of praise. Yeah, I was, thinking defense. I was thinking defense. Yeah, defense. And then defense, and then also Elijah Simmons on offense. Obviously, we know that all the talk has been about Eric Gray. <laughs> and uh, it sounds like Eric Gray is going to play a ton. Like Simonton said, Eric Gray is one of the top four playmakers on offense. He said Callaway, Chandler, Dominic Wood Anderson, Eric Gray. So it sounds like Eric Gray is going to play a ton. And I would expect Chaney to be creative in his attempts to get Eric Gray the football. He's obviously been the star of the freshman on offense, which is cool. Let's see Eric Gray and Ty Chandler on the field at the same play time. At the same time. Let's play them at the same time, please. Put them on the field at the same time. Obviously, Chaney knew how to do that at Georgia, right? I mean, they're 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 their running backs are just coming at you in waves. Now, obviously, Tennessee doesn't have that same depth, but Cheney was pretty creative at getting them on the field at the same time and getting them in, you know, with opportunities. Yeah. So I would think I would think we would do that. But I guess, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I still think, like we've always said, he, there's no excuse not to win eight games. Like, Mississippi State hasn't picked a quarterback to start yet. The kid from Penn State hasn't locked down the job. So, it's not like the the transfer from Penn State at Mississippi State has just set the earth on fire in fall camp. So, I don't think they're going to be that good. Now, I think their defense will be good, I'm sure. But there's no reason to lose that game in Knoxville. I'm still where I'm at, like, where we were at the beginning of the summer. Oh, so you're at the same. You're not more excited or less excited. Oh, no, I'm more excited. No, I am more excited. I mean, I think it's hard to read about these freshmen and not get more excited. You know, when you see... But your requirements are the same, I guess? Yeah, I mean, like, he has to beat Mississippi State. It's a game that he has to win. Um, I mean, like, you really can't convince me. Like, I know that this team has obvious holes, but, like, there's really only two games where I don't think we can compete with the other team, and that's Georgia and Alabama. I'm not sold that Florida, like I think we'll lose, but I don't think that Florida like is just out of this world. Their uh, recruiting class from last year is down to uh, 17th in the country right now. Yeah, well, what? Why did the that, so the guy didn't get in last year? Last week, the wide receiver, yeah. Um, the Henderson guy, R.J. Henderson, yeah. Or, yeah. And then, I mean, obviously the five-star transferred back to Southern Cal. They've had, I guess, three other people leave. I think they've have they lost five people. They've lost a lot and a lot of defensive backs to injury. They, they, they've had a bad offseason. Yeah, they, so they lost a ton of the recruiting class. They had the guy choke that girl. He finally got kicked off the team. Um, they've lost some people to injury. They're not going to get that Brenton Cox guy healthy. Health, healthy. What do you mean healthy? Just I mean, eligible. I mean eligible, yeah. eligible, yeah. eligible. Sorry. Um. So I don't like. I'm not saying that we're gonna win, but I don't think that they're Georgia. Like I don't think the talent difference is like anywhere close between us and Florida as it is between us and Georgia. What happens if Florida comes out and kicks the shit out of Miami? 
I don't know. I, I mean, I think I, they're going to come out and kick the shit out of Miami. What's the spread on that game? Seven. Okay. Which seems low. I keep talking about it on the radio, but my my week one in both college and NFL, I'm going with all the, against all the first year coaches. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking Florida's just going to beat the shit out of Miami. Which how funny is it that Tate Martell went down there and couldn't start? No, he's a wide receiver. He's he's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. He he, he played there. He he practiced there a little yeah, bit, didn't he? He practiced there. I don't know if he's committed to it or not. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he is either, but like it's bad enough that he's thinking about it. Like that says it all. I mean, the NCAA rushed this guy's appeal through so he could play this fall at Miami. I don't know why they did. I don't know why he got such a, an expedited fast track appeal, but he did. His sister. Un- his sister probably helped. I don't know anything about his sister. She is uh she's a influencer on Instagram. Oh, she is? Mm-hmm. She's pretty attractive. She seems like a really smart and sweet lady. Riley Martell. Yeah, I'd say Riley helped. Riley, her lips have to be fake. And um, I'm going to say some other things are too. That seems like you're... We're going to leave it at that. That seems like you're passing judgment. I'm not passing judgment. I just prefer my women all natural. But that's Okay. So, back to Tate. He's playing wide receiver. I, yeah, I, you're probably right. I mean, it's Manny Diaz's first game. It's basically in Gainesville. Miami's not going to have anybody there. I'm sure Florida's defense will be good, even though they've lost a lot of people. Now, the, the thing about Florida is their offensive line, right? I mean, they lost four guys. My thing with Florida is... I think they're going to be a uh, you know bad eventually. I think I, I think this offseason is going to catch up to them. I think it would just be like in late October, November. Okay, I thought you were going to say I, I thought you were going to say like in a year or two it was going to catch up with them. The fact they basically have an empty class. Oh yeah, well that I think that's going to uh, pay dividends too. But you know when you talk about their class falling down to seventeenth, I mean they did add a five star of Britton Cox. So if he doesn't get cleared this year, which I don't think there's any chance in hell he would, they'd still be adding that in next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I see what you're saying. You're saying I just think their lack of depth is going to get them like in the middle of October, late October, November. Like, of course, we play them so early that we miss it. We, we're going to miss that benefit. Yeah. And it's like it's like it's like you know, I was talking about this with uh, Luke. They finally play a game at the beginning of the season. I know they played Michigan a couple years ago or whatever, but you know they finally play a game at the beginning of the season, and they're playing it a week before everybody else, so it's still four weeks until they play UT. And, I mean, is Miami even going to be that good? At least they go, I guess, they go to Kentucky. Yeah, they have to play at Kentucky. The week before us. Which, is Kentucky going to be any good? I know Kentucky's over-under is like seven wins, so they're going to be Kentucky. So, I, I just, I don't have any idea what to expect about Florida. Like, you see people write, like, you see people when they write about their defense and they talk about how their defense is just going to be, like, gangbusters. They're going to be awesome. And it's like, okay, I can buy that. I can buy them being awesome on defense. Like, Florida's always awesome on defense, it seems. But they lost a lot of defensive backs, right? And, like, the, the guy that choked that girl out, like, he had an awesome spring and he was expected to be really good. And they lost the five-star freshman. And they're replacing four offensive linemen. And Felipe Franks is not that good. Now, it might not matter because, you know, it's not going to be that difficult for them to go 10-2. and two. I just want to point out that it's bullshit that they get three bye weeks. It's, it's garbage. They, I understand like, they have to start a week early with Miami or whatever, but three bye weeks, that seems uh, seems like a little much. Yeah, wouldn't you love to have another bye week? Yeah, yeah, I would. But they always, I mean, they never leave the state to go play a game. You know, they're 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 not leaving the state for this one either, but they're playing a decent opponent to start out the season at least, but they're doing it a week before everyone else, so they get an, an extra off week. I don't even understand why they're playing this game when they are. What sense does that make? It's extra hot. 
I mean, I guess they want it to be the the marquee game, but wouldn't it still be a marquee game on the you know on, on the regular opening weekend? I would think. Like, I mean, it's not going to be as big as Auburn and Oregon, but Alabama's playing Duke, so I guess it's just cooler than. You know, they want to do that week zero, and it's cooler than having, like, Cal go to Hawaii or whatever. The game's opening weekend aren't that good, besides Auburn and Oregon. We have Houston and Oklahoma. Yeah, the real opening weekend. We have Houston and Oklahoma Sunday night. We have Notre Dame at Louisville on Monday night. Who cares about Notre Dame at Louisville? Who? Raise your hand. Nobody's going to raise their hand. Nobody gives a shit about Louisville football. Some Catholics probably care. The, the only person that did now sits behind Coach Cal at basketball games. We have Fresno State at USC. Alabama versus Duke in Atlanta. North Carolina versus South Carolina in Charlotte. That's a pretty shitty weekend. Ole Miss at Memphis. Yeah, we could have used... That might be a sneaky good game. We could have uh, used a Florida versus Miami. Yeah, exactly. I think that... If you you could have put the Florida Miami game Monday or Sunday night and it would have been awesome, you know it's not going to beat out Auburn versus Oregon, but it would be the second biggest game I would think. Now don't get me wrong, next weekend I'm going to be happy that we have a game to care about. Like th- th- that'll be good, right? Yeah, that'll be good. Is Miami's quarterback supposed to be any good? Like, do we even know who he is? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Never heard anything about him. I. I know it's not the guy from last year, and obviously it's not Tate Martell. Is it a freshman? Who is it? Jaron Williams. Um, I don't know. Let's look him up. Yeah, it wasn't Nikosi yeah, Perry. Perry. Got beat out. So Jaron Williams was. Okay, so he was in the class of 2017. Now, granted, he was the number 77 overall player in the nation. Is he a freshman? He redshirted last year, and he committed to Miami over Ohio State. That looks like his final two. Those are the only two places he officially visited. Yeah, maybe he's good. Maybe he's good. I mean, so he, he's very highly rated. I didn't even know that he was highly rated. I, I had never heard of him. I didn't know anything about him. I thought like he was just kind of a nobody. But he was a top 100 player in their composite and their own rankings. Okay, okay. So Maybe he might be good. Him. Trevor Lawrence was number one quarterback. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence was number one quarterback in that class. So. Maybe they can go, uh, you know, into Orlando and beat Florida. Maybe that would be cool, right? That would be very cool. If they could, like, maybe lose to Kentucky too. Yeah, that would be awesome. And they're like, "Oh shit, we got one and two Florida coming in," or we, we're, you know, we're going there. Yeah. You know, I can imagine the crowd would be too into that game. Yeah, I can't imagine that there would be that many people there. Well, I've never, I've never claimed to not be a dumbass. So, uh, producer, um, can you cut that out, please? Let's let's just uh, <laughs> let's cut that out. So yeah, but Pruitt d- didn't seem he didn't really have anything good to say about anybody but the kickers yesterday. That's okay. Little mind games. Little mind games. He did say, you know, he talked a lot about the freshmen and like how. Even if they're not in the right position, they're going to make plays, which means they start over the older guys. Which so it basically did seem like a youth movement is coming. Um, he obviously has no problem starting freshmen, which is good. He shouldn't. Quick little uh, patron question, since we're on the topic before we uh, officially hit our patron segment. Uh, but Jackie asks, would you rather win one less game and play freshman or win one more game and uh, play, you know, mostly upperclassmen? Essentially was the question. Um, Let's say, like, would you rather win eight wins, eight, eight, win eight games playing mostly your upperclassmen or win seven while, you know, having a real youth movement? I don't know. Great stuff by you. I'm trying, I'm trying to think if the amount of games matters. Like, I think I would. I think I would take eight and four with freshmen over nine and three with 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 upperclassmen. But not eight versus seven. I think I would probably take seven and five with freshmen over eight and four with juniors and seniors. Mm-hmm. 
I think you have to. I think you have to because I, I think you have to take that because by the time they're seniors, they're going to be winning a lot more in seven games. That would be the hope. That's a very good question by Jackie. We love Jackie. He's a lawyer, a very good one. I mean, do you know his track record? Yeah, uh, yeah. I looked him up on Google. Really? Okay. You had you had drinks that one time with him. I did. And I met. Yeah, so. he's a good guy. I didn't know if he's a good. That lawyer. was enough for me to know he's a good lawyer. Okay, if I you mean, need a lawyer in Nashville, call Jackie. I don't think he lives in Nashville. I think he lives in Louisville. Oh, Louisville, call Jackie. <laughs> They're both on I sixty five. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. I mean, just just go north on sixty five, and you'll get to Jackie's lawyer office. If you get arrested in Nashville, it's like, hey, um, so. Is there any way we can actually put this down for a Kentucky address? It's up, it's up 65. Can we just say this was, uh, you know, 80 miles north, maybe? It's the same area code, basically. Basically. Because it's just right up the interstate. Yeah, same thing. What I'm saying is use Jackie as your lawyer. Sure. Glowing endorsement. <laughs> Answer the question. What would you do? Uh, I, mean, I think, yeah, I mean... I'm wondering, like, what the cutoff is. Like, if you ask me 10 versus 9, I would probably say just give me the 10. Yeah, I agree. In the upperclassmen. Uh, maybe. I don't know. 9 versus 8, I go freshman. 8 versus 7, probably go freshman. 6 versus 7, I probably go upperclassmen, right? I'd rather have 7 with upperclassmen than 6 with freshmen. I just don't want to win. I just don't want to go 6 and 6. Yeah, I think so too. I think like if you win eight games in the SEC with freshmen, uh, you're set up to be really good. You know, I mean, eight games is quite a bit in the SEC, and if you do it with freshmen, like you're really set up. Like if we won eight games this year, like if we beat Mississippi State with a bunch of freshmen, I mean, I think we would all be feeling really awesome going forward. Like our defense next year would would really be lights out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we got to worry about all these like good recruits we actually have. Yeah, you we know. didn't really do that last year, right? I mean, I know our recruiting class was fine, but I mean that was with doing some work, you know, in December and February. This is yeah, it, it, this it, it was weird, right? I mean, like it was kind of just under the radar, a normal class, and then all of a sudden they just started getting everybody they wanted. Yeah, they landed a couple of uh, blue chippers. Yeah. Some some day one starters or at least like day eight starters, uh, you know, with like Darnell Wright. Like, I don't know if he's going to be starting day one, but I think he'll be starting by game two, day eight. We'll see. Yeah. Or would that be day seven? One and eight. Yeah, I guess it'd be one and eight. Or would it be zero and seven? One and eight. One, one, it's the same one thing. One and eight. You get the point. Yeah. Yeah, I get the point. All right, let's get to uh, some patron questions. But before we do that, let's shout out some patrons. I got good news and bad news, Seth. Let's hear the good news first. I'll start with the bad news. The bad news is we got no new patrons. Wow, okay. Man, sad scene. Zero new patrons, Seth. After a week where we dropped two episodes. I know. Imagine the emotional labor we put in last week. Like, my, my power going out. Not to mention you recording with your fucking air conditioner running and me trying to edit that out. <laughs> well, John, it's hot. I understand. I'm just saying, like, it took some editing time, too. Uh, so, well, like, you're out of, like, I have it on right now, too. I know. I wasn't going to say anything because I know it's hot. Well, you're, and I've been moving stuff all day. I know it's hot. That's why I didn't say anything. That's why I didn't say anything. I've been a family man all day outside in the field. I need my air conditioning. I didn't say anything. I was going to let you ride. So that's the bad news. Do you want the uh, the good news? Let's hear the good news. We had five patrons up their pledges. You love to see it. Shout out to uh, Ty Presley, who went from $2 to $5. Shout out to Ty. We love you. Michael Polinski went from $2 to $10. Shout out to Big Mike. We love you. Garrett Payne went from 2 to 5 Shout out to Garrett. We love you. Patrick Bobo went from 2 to 10 Shout out to Patrick. He's a really awesome guy. Sorry to everyone else who didn't get that same stamp of approval from Seth. Well, I know Patrick. I, I hope that the rest of the guys are awesome guys, too. I, I hope. I, I think so. We'll see. I, well, if they're a patron, they're surely salt of the earth. But I can only vouch. Of the aforementioned, I can only vouch for, for Patrick. Okay. Sorry to uh, 
Garrett, Michael, and Ty. Uh, I don't know what Seth thinks about Chase Clark, who went from $2 to $5. We love Chase. We've always said we love Chase. He's a great guy. Okay. We love all our patrons. We do. They help feed my family. At least I do. I love them. I don't know how you feel about them, but... They they help feed my family. Apparently, you got your favorites just built off of uh, different criteria. I don't know. I love all five of those guys equally. Well... I love all the $5 ones equally. I love all the 10 ones equally. You know. All right, let's get to some uh, some patron questions. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash reads ranch. The game threads on the Discord are going to be a lot of fun. You get to listen to these episodes live. We'll try to do some cool, unique stuff uh, this football season for the patrons not to, not only. Just, like, and it's just a fun place to hang out. Like, I mean... There's a lot of stuff going on. It's nice to go somewhere where you always know there's going to be content to stimulate your mind. And uh, Yeah, like I was about to say, I've learned stuff because your, of the Discord. Distract you from your real-life responsibilities and bettering yourself. Yeah. But I've learned stuff off the Discord. I mean, I think I think we've all learned stuff. I mean, the, 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 the NBA thread, the NBA channel, I've learned stuff from. I'll be honest, like... Um, no, never mind. I'm not going to be honest about some of the stuff I've learned in the Discord, so... I guess you just have to go there. Uh, Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, first page of question from our friend, our confidant, G-Man. He says, if you G-Man. could choose one player to have an All-American type year from this list, who would you pick? All right. His so, list is, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll give you the list. His, uh, you're getting an All-American type season from any of the, anybody on this list. Who are you picking? Marquez Callaway. Dominic Wood Anderson, Trey Smith, Aubrey Solomon, Darrell Taylor, Bryce Thompson, or Trayvon Flowers? So I thought a lot about this question on the way home. And I kind of, you said something earlier that I had come up with my answer about an hour ago. And then you said something earlier that was really the reason why I had chosen. You talked about like, just an elite pass rusher. How awesome would it be to just have a guy coming off the edge that any play of the game, there is a there is a chance he is going to sack the quarterback, and they have to game plan their entire you know scheme around the pass rusher. So I was going to say Daryl Taylor because it would totally change things because I feel like our back seven on the defense, back eight because we. You know, you know what I mean. The back seven, I think they're pretty good. I think that we're really good at secondary, and I think we have some good linebackers. And if we could have a guy coming off the edge, it would make life so much easier for our cornerbacks, where they wouldn't have to guard the wide receivers for so long, and it would just help our linebackers in coverage. I think so. I'm going to go with Daryl Taylor. I think that having an elite pass rusher would really change a lot of things for this team, this defense. I'm going to look at this list, and I'm going to go with Bryce Thompson. You would have an elite secondary guy. Obviously, it would pay dividends. You'd be like, oh, wow, Derek Ansley, stud. Jerry Pruitt knows what he's doing when it comes to defensive backs. That would obviously keep helping you recruit big-time athletes. Not only just big time defensive players, just any time you know any type of big time athlete that wants to. Uh, but hey, worst comes to worst, I can play defensive back. Also, Seth, I go with that because he is the uh, well, him and Flowers are the only two underclassmen. I look at Callaway, I look at Dominic Wood Anderson, I look at Trey Smith, I look at Solomon Taylor. All those guys uh, either will be gone next year or could be with a big monster year. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good point. I would love to have like an All-American returning to uh, to bolster your defense in 2020. That is that is a fantastic point. Now, actually. obviously, with that Trey is- Smith, like that means he's alive and playing football again, right? So I wanted to, uh, you know, I almost went with him, but it would just really have been for you sentimental know. reasons. Yeah, sentimental reasons. Like I, yeah, like if I would, there is, you know, nothing of these guys on the list. Nobody being an All-American would make me happier than Trey Smith. Purely for sentimental reasons, he would become one of my favorite football players to ever play for Tennessee. It would be awesome to see him become a millionaire like he deserves. But, you know, in the teams, like I think that's a really good point about Bryce Thompson. Like you would, you roll into next year knowing that one half of the field is locked down. 
And knowing that the other half pretty much is too, because Alante Taylor's pretty damn good. So yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really that's a really good point. Really good question from G Man, who always brings it. Yeah, I mean, I almost went with Dominic Wood Anderson just because I feel like having an All American tight end would be so cool. Yeah, it would I just be. think it would help your offense so much too. Like if you had somebody who could block and catch patches across the middle of the field. Yeah. Having an All-American would be pretty nice. Yeah, any of those guys would be awesome, right? Like you said with Taylor, like having somebody who gets to the quarterback better than anybody else in the country. That's basically what he would be saying, right? If he's an All-American pass rusher, basically, like he, he gets to the quarterback. The best defensive end like, in the conference, yeah. you know, the best defensive yeah. end in the conference going up against Florida's brand new starting right tackle. Like that has the potential to win you the game, right? It totally changes the game in Gainesville if this was the case. But it's just like, just if he. You know, he impacts so many plays even when he doesn't get the sack. But, like, having going into next year when your defense is really going to be able to kick some ass, and you can say half the field is locked down. I thought your answer was great with uh, Taylor. I just thought mine was a little better. I didn't mean to answer, I didn't mean to answer Cuck you. No, you didn't answer Cuck me, buddy. We're a team. It's true. You know more about football than I do anyway. You're Robin and I'm Batman. They were a team. Yeah. You know more about football than me anyway, so. All right, let's go uh, with A.J. Voss. He asked, would you rather have Aubrey Solomon or Trey Smith all season? At this point, just give me Trey Smith. I think it has to be Trey Smith. Like, even if you remove the sentimental stuff we just talked about, like, obviously, if you take that into account, we love Trey Smith, right? Like, he's a... Tennessee guy, he's, you know, could, like you said, be one of the most beloved balls ever if he comes back and plays good. You know, all that stuff aside, I just look at, I know Trey Smith, if he's going to be healthy all year, is going to be really, really, really good, right? Yeah, it's like nothing against Aubrey Solomon. Like, yeah, he was a five-star. but like guy can actually play a big time college football. He didn't tear it up at Michigan. Like, yeah, he, he would start at Tennessee, but he didn't tear it up at Michigan, and well, when Trey Smith is healthy, we know that he's a first-round NFL draft pick. If you told me Solomon was going to come back and be a five-star and actually live up to it, maybe that changes my answer. Um, but you can't. And like I said, I've never seen him do anything good. I've seen Trey Smith maul people. And that's without like the sentimental stuff and him being a Tennessee guy. You know what I mean? It's not even close for me in that in that. It's question. just like all you have to say is like the Georgia Tech game. We, we saw what Trey Smith can do, right? Yeah, that's not even a close question for me. I, I get needing a defensive lineman and – Maybe you need maybe you need a defensive lineman more than you actually need a guard on the offensive line. Like I, I don't know how big the drop off is going to be between the positions. Like I feel like if Trey Smith can't go, like the you know that'll suck obviously. But I, I think the guards still might be okay with Carvin and with Carvin and Calbert. Like I feel like those guys might be able to hold it down. Yeah, so I feel really good about Calbert. The uh... I think the word that Hubs or Simonton used about his physical skill set was that it is immense. I think he's – I feel really good about Calvert down the line. I mean, Ryan Johnson and Carvin, I mean, whatever. I've – like, I think – it sounds like Greg Emerson is going to be okay on the – like, people forget Greg Emerson was a top 100 player in the nation before he had that – you know, horrific injury. Will he ever be the same? Who knows? But it sounds like he's done okay. Like, is the drop-off from Aubrey Solomon to Greg Emerson that much? I don't know. I would say the drop-off between Trey Smith and Jerome Carvin is bigger than between Aubrey Solomon and Greg Emerson. Like, to me, on the defensive line, we just have a bunch of dudes. We just have a bunch of guys, and they are what they are. But Trey Smith is like, you know, we talked about. Like, when he's healthy, he's awesome. Slim asks, would you take five straight years of 90-degree-plus heat for a championship for the team of your choosing? Oof. Man, I don't think so. I hate the heat. I don't think I could do it. This always comes back whenever we get these hypothetical questions. I don't even know if I'd want the credit for this one, right? If I, if everyone in the world knew that like I, I made this happen, like, hey – John and Seth. People are going to be so mad at yeah, you. Yeah, John and Seth got this championship for this team, but you have to live in a you know 90 degree heat for five straight years. I wouldn't want the credit. Maybe in this scenario, like if you, what if, what if they're like, hey, only you have to deal with the 90 degree heat. Everyone else gets regular temperature, but you have to wear a suit that you're constantly in 90 degree heat. I wouldn't be able to sleep. No. 
No, it, it would be it would be pretty terrible. People would be so mad. There's no team I love enough to do that. Sorry. Yeah, just the the amount of sweat. I would have to be able to monetize this, both through like gambling and sell sponsorships to my bodysuit. Let's go into the uh, the Marcos Garza camera as John Reed is sitting here sweating <laughs> profusely. John, do you regret it? Yes, yes. That championship was not worth it, but don't say guilty. Say Garza. That would be tremendous content. Tremendous content, I'm getting, though. I'm getting uh, sweaty just thinking about it. It was so hot yesterday at Bristol. I bet it was. So hot. Like, Five years. I mean, that, that's that's way too much. That's, way that's too a much. long time. Like, I bet you would age like 10 if you had 95-degree heat every day for five straight years. I lose some weight, though. Yeah. Wouldn't have to worry about snow. You know I hate snow. I mean, I would be able to farm 12 months a year. I'd be able to be out in the field nonstop. I don't think. I don't know if you could. The soil, the soil would get worn yeah. out, right? Yeah. Do you think your body would get used to it? I guess your body would probably get used to it, huh? I guess your body has to get used to it. Yeah. So I mean, maybe it wouldn't be that bad if you just had like as much water as you needed. But like, uh, like if you ask me if I'd do it for a million dollars, yes. If you ask me if I'd do it for a championship, no. Would you do it for a million dollars? Just a million. Just a million. Cash. No taxes. Oh, man, I don't think so. Five years? Okay, I'm just asking. I'm got, You know, we do it for four months for free. That's true. Would you do it for a million dollars? Yeah, yeah. million cash. I mean, you're much smarter than me. Your earning potential is much higher, like in your craft, in your field as you uh, protect the country. But for me, like, uh, yeah, a million dollars is cool. Like, you know, I think I'd have to lock that in. That's fair. Yeah. It's just like like Techval said, if you could wear shorts every day, that would be a big help. Like, yeah, I'd be able to wear shorts I mean, every day. I'd be able to, like, you know, in my job, I would be able to. Like, I don't, I, again, I think it would be miserable, but I think you'd get used to it. I mean, we all know the kind of shorts I wear. I might as well not even have anything on. So that would make a big difference if I could wear shorts every day. If I could wear my if I could wear my powerlifting shorts with the three inch inseam. Well, then we might be able to work something out. I wouldn't do it for a championship. I'd do it for a million, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd much rather do it for a million dollars than championship. Uh, Foster Palmer asks, at this moment, who would you rather let go to keep the other, Pruitt or Barnes? I don't know. I thought about that. Like, I wanted to say Pruitt, but then I thought about our recruiting class in basketball. I still think it's going to be Pruitt long term. Like, if Pruitt's good, there's only one place he's going to go to. There's only one place he's going to leave you for, right? You would think so. And like and like I I mean it doesn't need to be said the basketball recruiting class is awesome and it's there's a good chance it gets even better but Barnes isn't going to be here that much longer. And that could just be one year of basketball. And it could just be one year. It could just be one year. Those could all those guys could all be one and done. Yeah. And that doesn't guarantee you anything because Duke had that class and they just went to the sweet 16, right? I guess they went to the Elite Eight. They went to the Elite Eight. Eight. They went to the Elite Eight, yeah. But that was with Coach K coaching, with Rick Barnes. They would have lost the UCF game with Rick Barnes coaching. For sure. I mean, they were were really lucky they didn't lose that. They got knocked out in the sweet – they got knocked out in the uh, the second round. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I can't say anything until we see Pruitt win any games. You know what I mean? I can't turn down a coach uh, who has, you know, one big in the regular season for a guy who's went five and seven. If if you ask me this question, if Tennessee's like four and four and one after five games, might have a different answer for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it, it's tough to not take Barnes. Like at least you know, you know, like at least we know next year we're gonna win a ton of regular season games, which is fun and it's awesome. We don't know that with Pruitt. Period. Is it fair to say that if? Pruitt goes eight and four in year two. Year two are both taking him, right? Yes, I am one hundred percent. Yeah. Slim asked if we're sure Cody's going to make it back. Um, no. I, before Cody left, I told him he. Uh, I'm ten percent worried he's going to die. 
I think there's a 10% chance he is going to die and not make it back from California. So I'm not sold on that by any means, no. Why did he drive? I just want to have a road trip. Okay. I'm kind of jealous. I'd like to do that. I, I want to drive cross-country. Yeah, it, I'm, I think it would be fun, too. I was just curious. They ran a car, so, I mean, like, it's not going to put in tear on their car. So I was actually kind of jealous. I'd like to do that. He seems to be having a good time. He told me he uh, went to the, he made to the Bunny Ranch. That's good. Well, I mean. His negotiation skills were put to a test. I'll let uh, him tell you guys the story tomorrow on Talk Sports. I'll have him call in. <laughs> I don't want to like steal his story. He said he has a story. He told me he gave me the number. He told me the he told me the dollar dollar amount he spent. Oh no! The dollar amount he dropped for a uh, a sweet woman named Mercedes. But I'll let him tell you the rest of the story. I don't want to story cuck him. So I'll tell you about it on Talk Sports tomorrow. All right, let's see. Any other uh, questions you want to get to, Seth? Tech Ball wants to know your t- uh, thoughts on Bill Walton sports commentary. Uh, I think it's fine in basketball. Like, I think it's fine for those late night Pac-12 games that I assume like nobody but me and a hundred other insomniacs are watching and, and gamblers and gamblers. But like him doing the baseball game the other night, pass. No thanks. I don't. I don't need to see him. I don't see. I don't need to hear him call Mike Trout's at bats. Like I don't need the greatest baseball player of all times at bats to get sullied up with Bill Walton's nonsense. Like stick to Pac-12 basketball, the Conference of Champions that nobody cares about. Stick to that. Like that's fine. Whatever. It's 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 quirky. It's his. You know. It's him. It's him. It's his thing. Like, but let's just keep it to Pac-12 basketball in the Maui Invitational Tournament. All right, two more. Uh, Cody Conrad asks, would you take 7-5 and five in football and Sweet 16 in basketball guaranteed or roll the dice? Oh, take that for this yeah, year. Yeah, you got to lock that in. I'll take 7-5 I'll take and five in football if you give me Sweet 16 with a basketball team that looks like they're going to be on the bubble. Yeah, uh, I would be impressed with the Sweet 16 in basketball. Enough to sacrifice a game in football for sure. Yep. He also wanted us to uh, – last week he asked us to rank our top three uh, songs on – yeah, yeah, that was the question I wanted to answer. Yeah. That was going to be the uh, the question I wanted to ask. So I would go um, – I would actually go 3-2-1 for me would be the last three songs of the album. Peace of Mind, All Yorn, and Matthew would be my top song off the album. Those would be my favorite three songs. Okay, uh, my 3-2-1 would be uh, House Fire, Peace of Mind, and All Yorn. That would be my three. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I struggled a lot with like Matthew is clearing away my number one. That one doesn't do it for me. The others, like I've gone back and forth on them. Like it, peace of mind is peace of mind and all yorn are just they're there's 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 I mean like I really enjoy Creaker and Country Squire. Yeah, I like Creaker. I like Creaker a lot, but uh, I like House Fire. I like House Fire. I gave it yeah. my nod. His, his, his uh. His performance on Jimmy Fallon was good. What did he perform? He performed the House Fire. Okay. I like that one. I like that one. It was it was very very good actually. So. so that would be my top three. Like I said, I would go uh, House Fire, Peace of Mind, and All Yorn. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, Dr. Vol with his last question: Asked how much of a shit show is uh, alcohol in Neyland going to be? I would think it's going to be an absolute clown show. I think it's going to be an absolute circus. Like how many, how many, like how many places they're going to have that's selling it? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. And what do you mean a clown show? Just like people not being able to get it and like waiting in line. Yeah, I would think the lines would be crazy long. I would say they don't have like the logistics worked out. Like I would just think like all the first time you're ever doing it kind of things. I would think it would be. For a 7.30 game or whatever time it is, you're going to have people already drunk, trying to buy more alcohol, getting belligerent that the line is long, they're running out of beer. I would think it would be, you know, a circus, but what do I know? So are you anti-alcohol in Neyland? I don't really care either way. I mean, I'm not going to be drinking beer. I'm not going to be buying beer in Neyland, so whatever. Okay. It's just beer and wine, right? 
Yeah, they'll have some uh, hard seltzers too. Okay. But yeah, no, uh, no liquor. Yeah, I mean, I, whatever. I mean, it's a. Uh, I mean, it was going to happen regardless. It was going to happen eventually. Like, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it is what it is. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to say? No, I love the patrons and I love you. I hope we all. I hope. I hope that our patrons have a blessed week of work. Um, we're almost to football season. That is correct. We are almost to football season. We're getting close. And I, I do love the patrons. I do love my patrons very much. Thank you for helping feed my family. Good. Getting close. All right. Let's uh, let's shut this down. Appreciate everyone listening. Going to put the podcast up. Talk to you guys soon. All right, Seth. See you. Later. Turned to the city, I broke out the notch Got some more millions, I keep me a knot I created history, it made me a lot He tried to diss me and any no faults We call them trusted, cause they gonna chop Took her out of fellas, cause her pussy pop I run it like Nike, we got it on lock Cardi, I, I'm the boss man in a suit with no tie I can't be sober, I gotta stay high Put me some syrup in the can and it's dry Riding a special like Bunny and Clyde Don't worry baby, I keep me some fire She mean they broken, she cannot decide The ladies Mercedes will go through surprise Most of the moments, lady, her pussy up pride Digging her back while I'm gripping her sides Digging my back, this ain't regular size You really fly, we like Pelican guys Bitch, you ain't slick, I can tell her disguise Upgrade at my wrist, put a gas in the sky She sing out my sound, I ain't changed her whole life I told her to goggle and work on her highs Everything litty, I love when it's hot. Turned to the city, I broke out the notch. Got some more millies, I keep me a knot. I created history, it made me a lot. He tried to diss me and any no fox. We call them trusted, cause they gonna chop. Took her out of fellas, cause her pussy pop. I run it like Nike, we got it on lock. K, money, K, K, L, Don't break the door out. Turn that whole top floor to a whole house. Hundred racks and one, two bought the flood out.